you could sit, drink, and eat at the same place until two o'clock in the morning. I mean, what's wrong with that, right? <laughs> Welcome one and all to the Drop the Disc podcast. Thanks guys for tuning in today. We've got a really great show coming up. We've got Alan Soto and Brandon Smith. Alan Soto is the CEO and founder of Venia Capital, an investment company that's been investing in Augusta and a couple other cities in Georgia, but they're located downtown right across the street from us. Brandon is the head chef of Pineapple Inc., which is the newest business that Venia has started. This conversation is really great. It goes through the history of Augusta, through businesses, through food. And for both these guys, it all starts with their passions. I could like make something from my mind instead of having to go buy a book, like, you know, and it's just like, oh, this is fun. It's, it's like a piece of art. If you really want to be successful, help the community that you're a part of be successful as well. And you'll find that you get everything that you wanted to obtain. We talk about what brought them to open Pineapple Inc. and what it is they want to do in Augusta. You know, there's some things that people feel like we don't have and we lack, and it's like, well, let's bring it home. So, I mean, the more we have down here, the, the better everybody's gonna do. So we really are, you know, take pride in helping to start bridging that gap. And what is Venia Capital anyway? Venia, there's a verse in John 15, one through 17, where Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. No branch can bear fruit without the vine. So what we thought was like, well, man, we've got all these businesses which are quote unquote, the branches. And if we make a parent company, Venia, that could be the vine. And the vine's job is to help these branches bear fruit. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. This episode is awesome. We've got two intersecting stories that result not only in businesses now, but businesses that will be in Augusta in the future. And in this episode, come for the holistic content, but stay for this. We decided to go to one Wendy's and just go in a dumpster. This is the Drop the Disc podcast recorded at Augusta Podcast Studio, and we're going to start this episode off by shouting out our presenting sponsor. That's Nancy Powell, the broker for Powell & Associates. I know it's Christmas time right now, and what that means is everything is kind of frozen in motion for people. But that also means that everybody starts catching up as soon as the new year hits. That means that if you're interested in real estate, if you have any questions, if you're looking to sell, buy, lease your home out, you need to contact somebody that's knowledgeable that can get you a heads up and a leg up on what everybody else is going to be doing. Contact Nancy Powell for that exactly. We work with her in our personal lives. She's an incredible broker, super involved in the community. Go ahead and look her up or contact her at Downtown Augusta Broker on Instagram. And now presenting... Brandon Smith and Alan Soto and the Drop the Disc podcast, recorded at Augusta Podcast Studio. Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey guys, I'm David. And we are Drop the Disc podcast. We have two special guests today, and we cannot wait to talk about what they are doing here in the city of Augusta, Georgia. We are here with Alan Soto and Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith. Thank you, guys. First of all, thank you so much for being here. Um, let's take a second before we jump in to talk about what you guys are doing right now, right? So, Alan, let's start with you. All right. Well, I'm the CEO of Vignette Capital, and right now we have a number of businesses, but our primary focus has lately been on downtown Augusta, uh, revitalizing some of the real estate and buildings down here, as well as uh, Pineapple Wing Tavern. And you guys just opened a new office uh, right across the street from us. We did, yeah. I love um, it. I love looking at the banner. Yeah. And Brandon, what are you doing, man? 
Oh, I'm just cooking, you know, <laughs> chilling down at Pineapple Link Tavern, you know, slaving away in the kitchen, loving it. Loving it. Loving it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Let's jump right into this. We talked earlier in the show about how uh, Brandon is the elder statesman in the room. And so, Brandon, we're going to start with you. Did you grow up in Augusta? I did. I grew up in uh, North Augusta, actually. You know, uh, family moved. North Augusta High School. North Augusta High School. Were you all the green jackets? Yellow no, jackets, Yellow man. jackets, bro. Yellow Bad jackets. soccer no, no. team. That's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't play soccer, so I can't kiss it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So when you grew up, though, we're, you're a chef right now. You're an executive chef. Is that what you wanted to do? Um, you know, in my younger years, it was always, you know, the veterinarian kind of thing. And then I wanted to go into architecture for a while. And then uh, I decided to go into the military instead and okay. you know, start from there. And, how, uh, how long do you serve? Four years. Four years. In what branch? Army. Army. Thank you for your service. I appreciate yeah. it. Seriously. And that was straight out of high school? Straight out of high school. Okay. Correct. All right. Well, let's take this chance real quick. Let's go to you, Alan. Did you grow up in Augusta? I did not. That's all right. You're here right now. That's all we care about. Alan, when you grew up, did you want to uh, be a venture capitalist? <laughs> uh, no, but I, tell us about what you wanted to do when you were growing I, up. I've always been a, a pretty ambitious person. I feel like uh, okay. I, I wanted to be a doctor okay. when I was growing up and uh, and also what, like a businessman on the side. So, so, so you've, you, you've done it. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, done. Not not the doctor part. But, That's uh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, but I've kind of backdoored into healthcare businesses. On. So right, exactly. And and we'll kind of get into that. But you know, you you grew up in Miami. Uh, did your family is your family from America? Did they immigrate here? Yeah, my both my parents were actually born in Cuba. And, uh, really? Yeah, and came over here uh, during the communist revolution. Okay. Down there as little kids. So. So you guys, you've had a Cuba Libre, you, you know. Of course, yeah, rum and coke. <laughs> rum and coke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the best name for the most simple drink. It is. <laughs> All right, so Brandon, we're we're kind of gonna bounce this back and forth because really the two of you didn't meet each other or go into business for a, a while. Um, and, and so Brandon, when you got back from serving, tell us about how that was. Tell us about what you wanted to do and um, what you were doing. All right. Well, when I got back from serving, I was kind of, you know, I was really still young and I was kind of open in the air what I wanted to do. And I was debating mm -hmm. on what college I wanted to go to, had the GI Bill to spend and all that kind of good stuff. Right. Um, and I fell into cooking, just doing some corporate restaurant stuff. And, you know, where are you cooking? Oh, man. Where were you cooking? Come oh, on. In Fayetteville. I was cooking okay. at Olive Garden. You know, back then, when I first got out of the Vietnam Beth, military style. Best breadsticks. Hey, hey. <laughs> was that you? For was that sure, you? Were you doing sure. that? Nah, you Damn. know, it's not me, sorry. <laughs> um, but, you know, I came home and uh, decided on, like, what school I was going to do. And then found an opportunity to start working for the railroad. And then I started building trains for a living, you know, uh, doing welding and doing some diesel stuff I learned in the military. And then uh, just kind of hung on to that for a while instead of going to college, which... Yeah, you know, probably not the smartest things. Um, <clears throat> the recession of 2006 kind of took that away from me, the whole train industry. Uh, right, yeah. You know, got laid off and stuff like that. And then it's kind of fell back into cooking. And, you know, it's just uh, kind of been just a focal point from then. Is this something I decided? It's like, you know, I do love doing this. And So when was that? When did you like, when did the career path change from, which this is very dramatic, I think, welding oh, yeah. to cooking? Absolutely. Uh, I think the career path took a change because uh, I had already opened a, helped open a couple of local restaurants by then, like Pizza as Joint a, and Evans. As a welder? No, well, I mean, before I went into uh, welding, you know, Got I'd it. already okay. been here cooking it for a little bit. Okay. And then uh, went to the welding thing and started building trains and things like that, you know. Uh, and then after that, 
after the recession, kind of fell back in, went back to what I knew. So we're talking like 20, 2009? 2007. 2007. 2008. Okay. The recession, I I believe, was 2006. I could be wrong. 2008. I think it was 2008. Well, then it was 2008. Gotcha. Okay. But sometime around then. And then I just kind of dropped back into it. And then uh, as soon as I started landing these corporate gigs, I would work for a week for these people. And they were like, hey, you're doing pretty good. You know, you want to do this instead? And so I started opening restaurants across the country. I was, you know, with Olive Garden, OSI Industries. Uh, or I'm sorry, that was Darden. I was doing with Darden Industries, and then I went to the... Nobody knew that you were wrong until yeah, you corrected yeah, yourself. Okay. <laughs> there was okay. one person that was like, eh. Maybe. That sounds wrong. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. man, that's not all right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then I just jumped from corporate to corporate. I went into Carabas and other things like that and just bounced around. And, you know, it was fun because I got to travel the country on a corporate credit card and, right. you know, open different restaurants Jealous. and just have a blast, right? Yeah. Um, well, let's let's stop that real quick because right. you're, you're still in... You're still in that the la cocina. You're still in the kitchen, right? Oh, absolutely. What was it that you were enjoying so much that made you really say, like, rather than the other things that you had done previously, that this is what you were passionate about and what you were going to be doing? Well, when I started having uh, the ability to have my creative nature, you know, it's like I, I could like make something from my mind instead of right. having to go buy a book, like you know. And it's just like, oh, this is fun. It's, it's like a piece of art. You know, yeah. you make something. You're like, oh, this is cool. This so is you're cool. not a baker. No. You don't follow the no, directions rules are to not the good with me. I don't do good with rules. <laughs> Have you been to Pineapple Inc.? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rules are not like uh, something I like to play by, you know? Okay. But it, I like to have fun with food. And then uh, after that, in, if you, I had the options to go to culinary school. And then uh, some friends of mine were like, look, you just come do this with me. Come do this with me. And then I started doing different food events like food and wine and, you know, Kentucky Derby and other little nice. un- unsanctioned barbecue events. And yeah. started getting involved with other chefs that – you know, have James Beard Awards or other awards, and they were like, hey, come help me out with this, come help me out with that. Mm-hmm. And then at, from then on, it was just like, I love what I do. Right. You know? And okay. so from then it was, this is what I'm going to do. So so no no culinary school? No, no culinary where did school. You, where did you learn? Hard knocks, man. Okay. <laughs> he was just so, bad me, for me, a many long a, time, and then he was good. Right. Many a plates push off the counter and saute pans <laughs> flung to the other side because chef wasn't happy. Um <laughs> But, you know, you learn from your mistakes, and as long as you keep learning and not keep making the same mistakes, you progress, right? So right. You, so. You, go ahead. So you've been all around the country. You know, you've That's been right. on the company credit card going wherever you want, wherever they tell you to go. You were in the military. Both, you've been around. Why did you decide to land in Augusta and start or, a career? Well, this is home for me, you know. Uh, Augusta. My, my mom comes from Santa Ana, California. And I have not a clue where my dad comes from. Um, But, you know, my family moved here Mm -hmm. and I was born here. Do you know why they moved here? I'm just curious. do not have a clue why they all moved there. Somehow my mom's family just ended up here. Okay. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's Augusta. I love that. (laughs) Same here. Same here. And uh, but, you know, looking around Augusta, there's so many opportunities and like things that can be here and that need to be here. It's a it's a what the second largest city in Georgia or second checks largest? out checks out yeah right yeah. I mean so, I mean it's like but we you know there's some things that people feel like we don't have and we lack and it's like well let's, let's bring it home you mm-hmm. know and so that was kind of the idea you know that's the reason we stayed here so was your first like head chef position in Augusta it was it was where was it um the first head chef position in Augusta I had was at polka dot pig in uh, Surrey, <laughs> wow. we need some background it's, here, right? Hey, it was where it's where the Olivianas stands now. Right. Okay, yeah, it was a gastro pub. Um, actually, that was my first 
executive chef pig after, or pig executive <laughs> chef job coming out of corporate got it you know and i was at the pig and uh, it was fun you know i had a good time uh, when did that start oh man um probably around 2009 okay 10-ish so yeah. you were kind of traveling for what is this like two or three years it kind of sounds like yeah and then you come back here. About three or four years. Did they lure you back here? Were they like, hey, this pig needs to be cooked? <laughs> In a new way. Pretty much. In a good new way. Right. You know, I had a good friend of mine. He kind of took over the bar as the bar manager, and he became the director of operations. And they needed a chef. And he was like, look, he's like, you got to give this guy a shot. And so they called me. I happily took the position. Okay. And then from then, it was just like, you know, I got to make my menus and do my thing. And it was fun. And you've you know? been chefing here ever since. Uh, ever since, yeah. Well, here in quotation marks, yes. Right. Okay, yes. so take us through the restaurants you've been with since that polka-dotted pig. The restaurants I've been with? Yeah. Um, or businesses, see. if there's both. No, it's cool. Um, let's see, I got. I went to Frog Hollow for a while. Okay. Uh, did the stint there, made it up to Sioux there. You know, had a little hand in when we were opening Farmhouse. It was, you know, fun, you know, making up menu ideas and, you know, giving Sean White the hand on doing that stuff. Okay. And then uh, I was the executive chef of Craft and Vine when we opened that place up, which was a blast and was still And good. all of these are, like, really cool, really great restaurants. No, absolutely. Yeah, I don't want to – I want to – you're going really fast on this, but I don't want to take away from the fact that these are really great restaurants in the city. No, absolutely. I mean, some of my favorites still, you know I mean? Right. Like uh, – Beautiful concepts, you know, beautiful food, you right. know, just things like that. Uh, moved on from Craft and Bond and I got involved with uh, food and wine festivals. And there's this lady I met out of Atlanta. Her name's Gina Berry. And uh, she's kind of a big wig in the food world. She's got a, you know, she's on the James Beard nominating committee. She's got a standing invitation to the James Beard Awards. What is that? The James Beard? Come it's on, kind of like a Grammy. It's, it's a Grammy for you a know chef. I don't know. Okay. It's like, you know, I mean, <laughs> as a chef, you do different things in your career to earn the word accolades, accolades you know yeah. um and then then the james beard Rec foundation recognizes different chefs for different things it could be your wine list it could okay. be like you're the hottest chef in the southeast right now the hottest chef in the country you know so i had opportunity to, to run around with her and do these uh food and wine events and then she got me involved in other things but i got a rub elbows with some really right that's very top nice. dog chefs you know absolutely so that kind of yeah. blossomed me from there so let's now let's take this back to you, Alan. You've had right. to sit here and you've had to listen to us talk to Brandon for a minute. And now we're going to make him do the same. All um, right. So you came up in Miami and you have a pretty cosmopolitan background as far as the different things you've been involved with. So kind of take us through that journey. Um, just grew up in Miami. Um, then, you know, through I was 18 years old and then decided to go to school. Uh, up at college at Johns Hopkins, which is in Baltimore. Reason I went there was I wanted to become a doctor, which was the reason 99% of the people that go to Johns Hopkins right. uh, yeah. attend that particular school. I think Augusta University can relate now. Yeah. So, uh, you know, son of Cuban immigrant parents. Mm -hmm. And when I went up there, I was going through school, you know, and I decided, like, I really don't want to keep going to school. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're talking another four years of med school, another, you know, four to six years of residency, which right. is basically school because right. you really slightly don't get paid, paid money, school, slightly barely cover your, uh, right. you know, your apartment type pay. Right. And yeah, decided, let me just get out of here and go into business for myself. I really wanted to do something. So and what do you study? What were you studying? I did all my pre-med there and then i also uh, majored in economics i okay. had a really good academic advisor that just told me like 
just do what you're what you enjoy, which to me was like what I was getting A's in, which was the economics. So I'm like, I'm gonna pick that. There you so, go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. And yeah, then decided to let me go into business for myself. I'm really never been good at having somebody else tell me what to do. So <laughs> so I wanna be the one calling the shots. Uh, okay. you know, not living somebody else's dream, but living my dream. And what year did you what year did you did you graduate? Or did. did you just leave and decide to be a baller? No, no, I'm not. I, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> no, I'm not Mark Zuckerberg. Or, or like that. I, okay, I, I had to get that piece of paper, or it would have been like a short life for me when my parents killed me. So <laughs> okay, so so you did graduate. What year was that? That was 2005. Okay, 2005. You are yeah. you are a young person. That is, I'm yeah. I'm impressed with the amount of yeah. things we're about to talk about that Thanks. you've done yeah. since 2005. And, and no offense. To you, Brandon, I know I didn't say that to you, take. but you have also done more things than either of us or both of us put together. It's the <laughs> mustache. It's the mustache. But but so when you left, what was the first business you just you're just like, hey, I'm going to open a business. What am I going to do? How did that how did that work? Yeah, it's pretty much like like that. <laughs> like uh, I love you, man. Wow. I'm excited. I love this conversation. Like I, I said, uh, okay, I want to open a business. What am I going to do? Okay, like, I, I had I had no particular thing in mind, and then. Just looking at different opportunities and stuff, I was actually going to get into elder care, like you know, uh, okay. assisted living for for elderly people. And I right. I remember during one point in high school and early on in college, my grandfather was actually in a nursing home. And if you guys have ever been into a nursing home, it's a uh, it's for the most part it's a depressing place. It is it's, depressing, yeah. yeah. And uh, we ended up being able to get him out of the nursing home, and he you know lived his remaining years at, at his home, the first home that they had bought when they came from Cuba. Um, so that was a, a, a really satisfying way to, to finish your life as opposed to in a home. So I said, well, let me, mm-hmm. not everybody is afforded that opportunity to end their mm-hmm. lives that way. So I wanted to get into elder care. And at the time, this is 2006, 2007. Um, and Great time to start a business. Yeah, right before right, the right, crash. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> right, right before the crash, but also when everything is at its peak in terms yeah. of value. Absolutely. And there I am, 24 <laughs> years old, I am not affording anything. Uh, <laughs> So I ended up finding out about serving individuals with developmental disabilities and kind of running these little group homes up here in Georgia. And it just seemed like a so much... So that's how you came to Georgia? It was. My uncle okay. was actually up here working for a satellite behavioral health uh, clinic out in Washington, Georgia, which most people here in Augusta Ooh. know Washington, Georgia, as midway between Athens yes. and Augusta. It's <laughs> very accurate. Yeah. That's painfully accurate. What, exit 148 <laughs> off of I-20. <laughs> that's what I know. <laughs> <laughs> you could definitely get there that way too, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I, I went out there, and this is Washington, Georgia. Is the the city is literally five thousand people, and where I grew up, that's like AU. It's like yeah. the undergraduate campus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the city that I grew up in, which was a Miramar, which is a suburb right between Fort Lauderdale and Miami, was one hundred and fifty thousand people. That's one thing I didn't tell them to do. That's my bad. Hey, yeah. make sure you guys silence your cell phones, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Miramar, 150,000 people. It's one of the fastest growing cities in the U.S. So I, and then I go to, to Washington, Georgia, 5,000 people. Wow. Opposite direction. Yeah. So, <laughs> But I'm I'm looking at it like, you know what? This is this is college part two. This is I'll, yeah. I'll go, I'll do this, I'll make a name for myself, and then I'll move on to bigger and better things. And while I was there, I started getting involved with the community because you realize like, if you really want to be successful, mm-hmm. help the community that you're a part of be successful as well. And you'll find that you get everything that you wanted to obtain. Right. Uh, so, you know, served on the Rotary Club down there, Chamber of Commerce down there. 
And and yeah, man, like things just started taking off in this business. It was me and my sister. First two years, neither one of us drew a paycheck. Just uh, you know, she would work, I would work. If one of us wanted time off, that meant the other one was working two, three straight days yep. in a row. But it we kind of just viewed it as like, hey, this is what we need to do. So I gotta ask on behalf of the entrepreneurs that just heard you say that, where did the money come from for the living situation that was going on? Oh man, that's uh that's a really good story. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> So, uh, backtrack back to Miami, right? Okay. And we're down there. And at the time, it was me and a, and a buddy of mine. And Wendy's was doing this promotion with AirTran Airlines, if you remember them. And th- they were giving out these special blue cups that you would get with a Valley Meal if you purchased a Wendy's Valley Meal. Um, and <laughs> I the can't fact- wait to know where this goes. Yeah, yeah. And the, <laughs> and the fact that they he was were... flipping them. I bet he was flipping them. The fact that they were blue, uh, you'll find out later on in the story, was very beneficial to us. Okay. So <laughs> these blue cups, and on them is a yellow coupon. And if you collect 32 of these coupons, you could redeem them for a one-way ticket anywhere that AirTran flies. Okay. Right? Okay. And you could redeem up to four of them, so the equivalent of two round trip tickets. Okay. And we, I don't know where exactly who this came is up. Awesome. Yeah, who came up with the idea or what? But uh, we decided to go to one Wendy's and just go in a dumpster, and <laughs> and you know they're they're no, they're normal cups. They have clear trash bags. So is that this was, you that was and your helpful. sister or just you? No, me and a buddy. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. We, we go into these dumpsters and they have clear trash bags and these blue cups really stand out. And, you know, our logic was like, man, most people are just throwing these away because it's like a four-week promotion. Most people aren't eating at Wendy's 32 times in four weeks. <laughs> and lo and behold, we go into these dumpsters and, yeah, it's just lined with blue cups and these clear garbage bags. So we go into one and we pull them out. And then we start thinking, hey, this is Miami. Like, there are a lot of Wendy's down here. Like, it's, you know, it's not like Augusta where there's three or four Wendy's. I right. mean, there are, there are 20, 30, 40 Wendy's. <laughs> within like a 10 mile radius. So we started going out every single night and going into these Wendy's dumpsters and we racked up thousands and thousands of these so Wendy's you did, cups. So you did flip these cups. You yeah. <laughs> we, 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 opened, we opened up an, an eBay account. We, op- we opened up a PayPal account and we started selling these things and we racked up somewhere between twenty-five dollars to $30,000 in, in flipping these cups. <laughs> If this interview ended right here, I think everyone would be satisfied yeah, yeah. with that ending. That was beautiful. <laughs> well, I mean, the the funny thing was, like, you know, we didn't have an eBay account before. We didn't have a PayPal account before. And all of a sudden, PayPal flags our account because we're getting thousands and thousands of how, dollars. How old sh- were you? I was uh, 23 at that okay, time. Okay, okay. So <laughs> PayPal flagged our account because there was just hundreds and uh, thousands of dollars coming into this PayPal account in a really short order. Right. And they fr- fly that a suspicious activity because yeah, like, you're like we're nope. selling blue cups from Wendy's. Exactly, and like, exactly. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> blue cups, air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> so they actually froze our money for six months because we couldn't prove that we were actually selling these Wendy's <laughs> cups. And uh, but that was actually a good thing because I didn't spend it. There you know? you go. Yeah. So that money that put you been, through starting a business. Yeah, that was for savings. That would have been what junior year of college for you. No, no, I was uh, out of college. Out of college at yeah. that point. First business. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was an unemployed college grad diving into Wendy's dumpsters. <laughs> so your first business was selling secondhand Wendy's cups. Yeah, we, well, we washed them with a hose before we had <laughs> Just a hose. Just, just yeah. a tap water. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes. So we're back in Georgia. You're, you're running your business. I'm so glad we did that, but you're, yeah. we're back in Georgia now. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, so back in Georgia when... 
we had about I got about ten thousand from that personally. Um, that, oh my you know, that that was in my account, and I took out just a little bit uh, less from my parents. They gave me like a little loan. Do you and, do drop shadowing? I'd love to follow you around for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> what dumpsters are we gonna right. dive into today? Dive in, <laughs> Dave, get in there. Right. <laughs> that hey, trap, that trash. That's exactly what I did. I'm not asking you yeah. to do anything <laughs> new. Right, <laughs> that trash bag ain't gonna rip itself. <laughs> No, yeah, so back in Georgia. So I right. got I got the money. I go we're in Washington, Georgia. I convinced uh this elderly couple to to lease me these homes in Washington, Georgia with an option to buy. Because mm, um, okay. I did not have the financing or, or capital. I mean I had the ten thousand dollars, but that's not enough to put down and buy anything. Right. So I said, let you know, let's just make a go of it. So again, my sister came and, and we were just running this place for a couple of years, slowly growing it really believe in finding the right people. So after two years, when we finally had a little bit of money to actually hire some people, we brought some more individuals on board that were like-minded and really passionate about what we did. And then it, it took about four years, but we expanded into Augusta, Georgia at that time. We'll be right back with more of the story after this quick message. For most of this year, we've been talking a lot about the Clubhouse. That's the clubhow.se. That is also their website. If you're still not sure what they are, if you're looking for a shared co-working space, they're for you. Do you want to learn coding or meet other developers? This is the place for you. Are you wanting to start a company or are you trying to accelerate your startup business? This is the place for you. Are you a maker, inventor, or having a prototype to build? This is also the place for you. Guys, I can keep on going. I've got one more. Do you need help to build a product prototype, a application? or a website. The Clubhouse Labs provides phototyping, web, and software development services. And make sure you check out Make Startups, which is a podcast by Eric Parker from the Clubhouse, which will have a new episode premiering very soon from Augusta Podcast Studio. Check them out at theclubhouse.se. The Clubhouse is a great partner, and we look forward to the future working with them as well. Okay. So what made you, you're starting to expand, you're picking places to expand, and yeah. did you expand multiple places? Um, well, we have multiple locations. So even in Washington, before we finally expanded into Augusta, we had five locations already in Washington, wow. Georgia. Yeah, because they're small homes. Like the, okay. What we were doing, it, you wouldn't notice it. If you drove through a neighborhood, you drive by one of our locations, you wouldn't know it was an actual you know, a group home with individuals with disabilities living in there, supported by our caregivers. You guys may own the home next to me. I may need to talk to you later, actually. <laughs> Possibly. Um, okay, so when you decided to bring this business to Augusta, when was that? That was in August of 2011. Got it. Yes. Okay. So it started in Washington July of 07, expanded to Augusta in August of 11. And at that, at that time, what made you choose to expand to Augusta? Well, it's either that like there's or, a lot of cities. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. there's a lot of hop, there's a lot of hype around Columbus. You know, there's a, a lot of hype around like you know Greenville in South Carolina. Like, what made you choose yeah. Augusta? Well, I don't know who's hyping Columbus, but uh, <laughs> that's fair. Some people <laughs> are. Uh, they have a really nice river. <laughs> uh, no, no disrespect to, no, to Columbus. <laughs> there's no Columbus <laughs> listeners to this podcast. No. <laughs> There might be. You just lost your, your one Columbus listener. <laughs> hey, that's fine. Be gone. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> if anything, we're dissing Columbus. Uh, but what made you choose Augusta? Like, what was it about Augusta that you were like, my business will get better here? Uh, we just felt there was a lot of opportunity here. 
Um, a, a lot of our referrals were coming from the Augusta area and actually moving to Washington to be in our services. So we're like, well, let's just go where the referrals are. It'll make it'll make that a lot easier. Gotcha. And then there are more restaurants to eat at, at Augusta. <laughs> I, I got tired. It was like, you know, the Chinese restaurant, Pizza Hut, Wendy's, or, the, or the Mexican right. place. There's no, there's no Wendy's in Washington, what? Georgia. That's the real reason he left. <laughs> so you moved here in 2011. You moved oh, man, here when with I the got, company? When I left Miami, I had seen my share of Wendy's for a while. <laughs> now you get Waffle House everywhere oh, it is. There it yeah. is. Yeah. Smothered and covered, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only right answer. Um, so, so you moved to Augusta in 2011. Brandon is working at, I think... The polka dot pig at the at this point, right? That's probably Frog Hollow. Frog Hollow at this point, um, and you still have a couple businesses that you still have to open. So, kind of take us through how that growth happened. The next company, so it's 2011. Around that time, I started buying more real estate. Gotcha. I just I got tired of paying other people's mortgages for them. Mm. It's like, man, wait, why am I doing this? I could be like investing in my own asset, you know, and something right. and saving money. And then that would allow me to pour money back into the businesses and buy more more houses and open up quicker. So, right. you know, because we started seeing that snowball effect sort of deal. Like, right. if, yeah, if we're paying ourselves and we have more money, we buy more, we buy more, we open more. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely the real estate was next. And then as we got more real estate, um, kind of got sidetracked a little bit because, man, we had to do all these renovations to these homes because there's all these different regulations that go into these homes that, right. then compared to a normal home. So, you know, different size windows, fire systems, Ramps. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So I started hiring all these general contractors to do the work. And I had just the worst string of luck with general contractors. Like, they lived up to the stereotype. Mm. I was going to say a lot yeah. of people have had <laughs> yeah. the worst string yes. of luck with general contractors. So, so I'm like, forget this, man. I'll start my own <laughs> construction company. <Okay>. So. <laughs> <laughs> so opened up a construction company, bought a drywall company and merged them into one just to kind of have like that base. Yeah. And obviously. Yeah. So uh does it I mean, still exist? I sold it. Okay. It was fun to do that just to learn a different business. And at at that point too, I started realizing just how much I love creating a business and, and getting into different things. I mean, that's kind of my my skill set and my real passion is is the beginning. It's not so much running the day-to-day stuff, it's the creation and the growth right. and stuff. So that was a lot of fun. Learned a lot about a, a different type of business and then ended up selling it, which was kind of a, a blessing because it allowed us to refocus and put mm-hmm. our efforts into, into different things. And it was around that time, too, that we started noticing more and more individuals with autism. As mm-hmm. we moved into Augusta, for whatever reason, the demographic that we were serving, a larger percentage fell on the autism spectrum. Interesting. And, yeah. Is so, that like seniors that you're specifically talking about? <coughs> well, at this, po- at this point, we're only serving adults. Okay. So it was individuals right. 18 and older okay. that we're seeing. And more and more we're, we're on the autism spectrum. So we said, well, certainly there's something that we can do to help them. Because the whole point of our business is always to, to serve the customer to the best of our ability. And if we do, we end up getting more customers. They end up becoming our greatest advertisement and referral right. source. Right. right. So we looked into it, and then we found out about ABA clinics, which at the time was the most uh, effective, like, intervention and treatment for autism it doesn't cure it right but it, it could help that individual mm-hmm. live a much more productive and, and functional life and, and adapt to their circumstances growing up so we decided to open up aba clinics for kids what does that stand for aba is applied behavior analysis gotcha so what did you guys do with those clinics uh well we provide you don't have to like go and no no we, we we provide aba uh to to kids with autism and the goal of this is able kids is this uh, the name of this business? Okay. And the goal is to help basically help them 
um, prepare for kindergarten to enter an environment that's so this not is very young children. It is, yeah. Gotcha. We we serve zero to six years old. That's incredible, gotcha. man. Yeah. I, I'm an educator. My wife's an educator, yeah. and that is awesome that y'all do that. Yeah. So we we you know we were touching base with a lot of different special ed departments, yeah, and such, kind of uh, trying to make a name for ourselves and get ourselves out there. And and when was this? When did this start? This this is in uh, early 2015. Yeah, gotcha. at the time. So we'd been growing for a little while in Augusta. And then we decided to branch out into that and start Able Kids. And while we were doing that, we also realized that a lot of these parents, we saw them, they would come and take their kids like two or three times a week, pick them up from our ABA clinic and go somewhere else. And, and we, we started inquiring, like, what's going on? It's like, oh, well, they're taking them to their speech appointment. Oh, well, they're taking them to their occupational therapy appointment. Mm. And it was like, well, why don't we just do that for them here? I yeah. mean, if we really want right. to serve them, and not not to mention what a blessing it'd be for the parent, you're thinking these parents... One-stop shop. Yeah. I mean, these, these parents, not only that, they have to leave their work to go do this, but then they have to kind of play like a you know, messenger between all the different therapists because right. they're telling the speech therapist what they're working on ABA. They're telling the occupational therapist what yeah. they're working on in speech. So if we were able to do this all on one stop for them, not only would it make their lives easier, but then it would also provide more effective therapy because the therapists could talk to each other and take a right. very much collaborative approach. That's incredible. To serving the child. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I got to ask, at this point, 2015, because we've hit the magic year where you guys meet. And yeah. so Brandon is about to be able to start talking. I'm really excited for you, Brandon. <laughs> um, how many people had you hired by this point? Do you know? In 2015, we were in the low hundreds. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. And that's, that's Washington and Augusta? Correct. That's incredible. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Thanks. That's a really great thing to be able Thanks. to do. And I do want to ask a question. You usually do a really good job about this, David. We have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast that are wanting to start a business. And uh, at, you, you had mentioned first two years of your first business that you opened, you didn't pay yourself. I'm just curious, when did you start being able to pay yourself after your first business? Just for people to understand when they want to start a business that it is a grind. <laughs> right. It's 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 a grind for sure, man. Like the first two years, like I so there were times where all right, we got four days left in the in the month and we have a hundred dollars in the account. <laughs> you know, and that's to run the business. That's yeah, not just to, right. for myself. Hundred dollars right. four days for myself. I, I would have been like uh, you know, in heaven back then. <laughs> <laughs> Washington County, you could buy a palace. <laughs> It's Wilkes County. Well, Wilkes, yeah. Wilkes County. Not you're to right, be confused right. with Washington County. Not to be confused. <laughs> because every every uh, county in in Georgia has a city named after it that's not in the actual <laughs> county. It makes sense somehow. <laughs> I love it. So uh, let's let's answer that question real quick though. Like, what were you looking for in your business that you were finally like, it's ready to for me to draw a salary and for me to say I am officially the hired CEO of this business? Yeah. What were you looking for? I, I don't know, man. Like, to be honest, like, it was... Was it just, like, the it was, numbers worked out? And yeah. And you were like, let's do it? Yeah, but it was... I would say I finally started paying myself about two years ago. Wow. Like, up to that point... So we're I, talking, I, like, 10 years of... Yeah. Whew. Up to that point, I just took a living wage. Like, I took right. what I needed to to pay the mortgage and, and, you know, and to be able to go out and, and go on an occasional trip or something like that. 
but I, I was not drawing a high salary because part of being an entrepreneur is you have to look at your your investment is your business, right? right. You know, so you shouldn't be taking money stealing from your investment. You should be pouring back into it. If you if you believe in yourself, which I did, and I believed in the people that we had on board of our team, I had no problem putting that money in because I know that it paid you know dividends down the road. Right. Yeah. So it's really only been like the last two years where I finally started quote unquote paying myself uh, gotcha. like what a CEO would you would right. think a CEO would be making. Right. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's do this. Let's do twenty fifteen. Let's do the meeting of the minds. Yeah. What happened? How did you guys connect? Did you know that you were fated to open a restaurant together? Um well first twenty fifteen, early twenty fifteen, I went to my first real food and wine festival. Which okay. Was, which was the Charleston. Did he did he No, no I didn't meet him there. Okay. But I but that'll that'll tie into when we do meet. But okay. I I went to the Charleston Wine and Food Festival, which is like, oh my gosh, like I always loved eating and, <laughs> and you know and the occasional beverage. But I did not realize just how much I loved it until I went to one of these and it just brings it all together. Like it is the panacea of like, you know, culinary delight. Right. So, yes, yeah, so I I went to this, and my, at the time, my favorite restaurant was Abel Brown. Okay. And uh, and I go there one day, and, and Brandon and I through a mutual acquaintance. Uh, this mutual acquaintance says you have to meet Brandon, and he just happened to be at the bar. And so I go up there. There's a football game at the time, so he's up there, you know, watching the football game, and we we get to chatting about it. And I find out he's a chef, and so he likes beer. I like beer. He likes football. I like football. He. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> he was. He was. He was working the Charleston Wine and Food Festival that I had just attended. And I didn't realize that. I'm like, man, if you were a girl, I would totally ask you on a date right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not awkward at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's relationship building. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Brandon, I got to ask you this: You're working at this bar. This guy comes up to you. He's talking about this wine and food festival. What's your first impression of Alan? Well, I was I was actually uh, I wasn't working at the bar. You were just there. just there. He was, he was working. Oh, you I, were. I did. Uh, he was enjoying working, the bar. He was working his drink. Yeah, yeah. There. Oh, there it drink. is. Um, while I was in town, like when I did my festivals, it was, they're only weeks at a time. So you guys' meeting was like insanely a chance meeting. It was literally yeah. you just yeah. both went to the same bar to drink at the well, same time. Well, I actually uh, I did a little. I helped out Abel Brown, Tosh Avery, great chef, probably one of my favorite in Augusta, just so we know. For sure, um, shout out. But uh, for sure, um, but you know, I would when I when I was home, I had a couple of weeks at home before I went to my next festival because right. I was just traveling and traveling and traveling. And he needed a little bit of help in his kitchen, so I'd go there and help. And then I realized what kind of a great chef he was. So it's like, not only <laughs> do I want to help him, I'm going to eat his happy hour and drink his food. <laughs> gotcha. You know, and then uh, so that's how I ended up at the bar. Okay. And then, uh, but yeah, our friend introduced us and. Uh, yeah, just kind of, he was like, what, food and wine? I was just there. And then, you know, we got to talking about it and, you know, going back and forth about it. And from that point, it was just food and drinks and, you know, talking restaurant and having a good time and just, I mean... This yeah, it was probably awesome, we. Right? Yeah, we. I mean, we were probably talking about opening a restaurant that first night, but it's like <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. Yeah, that was yeah. my next question. <laughs> yeah, um, well, yeah, we started talking about a res- restaurant pretty early. Because he was like, well, I, I, you know, I do this and I do that, but I've always wanted a restaurant. And it's like, well, I do this and I do that, and I can't afford a restaurant, so right. this is great. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, and we just kept talking about it, and we kept working on it and looking at different things and going out to eat with each other, getting to know each other better. I mean, you know? Pineapple Link opened in, 20, really, 2020, really the yeah, beginning of this year. Mar- March 2020. That's right. really like four and a half years of you guys just being friends. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah, I mean, well, like, you know, there's a there's a lot that goes into starting a business, in particular a restaurant. I mean, we knew all the failure rates and everything, and we really wanted to be 
sure that we were doing it the right way at the right time. So we really, it was something we always spoke about, um, but we never really found the right location or, or, or kind of like our, our past at the time didn't quite, you know, fit into doing right. that together. And then it, it wasn't until like mid 2019 that we really got serious about it. It's like, all right, let's, let's do this. So we were really had like our eyes completely open looking for that perfect spot, that perfect location. Um, and that was when we found out about the location that we were at, that we're at now, which was mm-hmm. Fuse uh, at the time right, that, right. you know, that they were no longer going to be operating from that location. And we decided to take a trip up to Asheville one weekend sure. where the owner of Fuse was working and living at the time and, and met her in a, what, what was the name of the place we met her at? Uh, Chai Pani. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome restaurant. So met her there, and and we're there negotiating over over <laughs> over some chai pani, right? <laughs> a little Indian food, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. Came, struck struck an agreement, and uh, and yeah, got to work. That's it. So so in that four years, four and a half years after y'all met and started, you know, creating this relationship, Brandon, what were you doing during this time? Uh, during that time, that's when I was traveling around mostly with the festivals that I Okay, did. still doing that. Mm-hmm. So you're ready to make roots and start your dream That's right. restaurant. That's right. Yeah, I've been I've I've been freelancing for a long time at that point. And even when I was at Abel Brown, I was still a freelance chef. I was I was in town. Todd needed some hands, and you know I got him. And so I was like, hey, let's do it. You know, his food was incredible. It's another opportunity for me to learn. Right. And like I said, I never went to culinary school, so I took every opportunity possible to learn. And somebody from like him is you know was a great learning opportunity. Right. So, so and, and during that time, what what were you doing? Just building the businesses, grow, growing the businesses, man. I really got into a lot more of downtown Augusta at that time. We started acquiring some buildings and stuff down here, just having a big presence because we really saw the opportunity that exists in downtown. Right. Um. There was the big cyber announcement during that time period too, and mm-hmm. you saw a, another boom start happening mm-hmm. downtown. And during that time too, like me and Brandon would link up. Sometimes we'd go out of town. We go to Atlanta. We go to Greenville. We go to Charleston, and and just explore the restaurant scenes over there. Right. So you guys were really thinking about this. This was like oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. the whole time you were like, we're just, this is a when conversation, not an if conversation. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I think, are we at the pineapple ink conversation now? Before we do pineapple okay. ink. Okay. Stay tuned. <laughs> just because that's really a combination of the two of you. I want to ask you, Alan, about Vinia. So Vinia Capital is this company that has a poster across the street from us. Yeah. And aside from that, I don't think a lot of people know what that is. Can you kind of talk about what you, what that company is and what it represents? Yeah, for sure. You've got Vinia Capital. And what we found was that as we were growing all these different businesses, they were kind of creating like this spider web, this like management nightmare to kind of keep I up bet. with all of them. Yeah. So we kind of decided how can we kind of bring in the real estate and the able kids and the therapy clinics and, you know, and the Soto LG with the adults and kind of form something that's more easily to manage and scalable. And that was when we came up with Vinia Capital. So Vinia is Latin for the word vine. And, you know, I, I'm a Christian and we do take a those values and, and put them into our businesses. And Vinia, there's a verse in John 15, 1 through 17, where Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. No branch can bear fruit without the vine. So what we thought was like, well, man, we've got all these businesses which are, quote unquote, the branches. And if we make a parent company, Vinia, that could be the vine. And the vine's job is to help these branches bear fruit. So we kind of viewed it as, as all right, this kind of, it kind of makes sense. It ties into it, you know. Um, our job as Vinia is the parent company to provide strategic support and to help these companies serve customers and provide like good services and good product. 
And we've all of our businesses, whether directly or indirectly, kind of tie into one of our three areas of focus for Venia, which are individuals with special needs, underserved children, and helping to end generational poverty. And to helping to end generational poverty is really important to us because that's what really drives our efforts to be part of the revitalization of downtown because there's a lot that could that could be helped here and the more right. we help the people that, that currently live here to thrive the faster we re- revitalize everything thank you that by the way that i don't know if perfect. you rehearsed that or right that, that was, was very well done <laughs> I've, um, I've said it a time or two <laughs> <laughs> i'm not surprised and and congratulations we have to say this before we move on congratulations to you because you have the name for vinia which I did not know I'd been saying wrong my whole, uh, since you guys were founded. Um, you were named Entrepreneur of the Year by the Metro Chamber of Commerce, so congratulations for that. Thanks. Th- and thanks to the uh, Augusta Metro Chamber yep. of Commerce as well for recognizing And by the, the way, we did not plan this around that award. You just so happened to win that award right before we decided to bring you on. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Everything yeah. happens for a reason. There yeah. it is. We're going to be right back with the merging of these two incredible minds. But first, I'm going to take this opportunity to talk to you guys about the Little Guide to Augusta. The Little Guide to Augusta embodies the same spirit that we are trying to bring to this show, which is promoting local people and local business. They themselves are local, and Stuart Rayburn, the founder, has been on our podcast before. Make sure you check that episode out if you haven't listened to it. But I am excited to announce that I will be personally writing some content for the little guide for 2021 as an ambassador. So make sure if you're not already following them on social media, go ahead and follow them. Go ahead and check their website out, thelittleguide.com, and follow this stuff to see some cool blogs from not only me, but other people around the city that are combining to promote local business with the little guide. Okay, so now... Brandon, you are wearing this hat that has a pineapple with a knife through it. You're wearing your Pineapple Ink Tavern t-shirt. Pineapple Ink is the company under Venia that we have not talked about yet. I'm really excited to talk about it. You guys, it's four and a half years in the making. You're negotiating in Asheville. What happened next? Oh, we landed the spot. You know, uh, we got it, and then uh, I should have included that you landed yeah, this spot. Yeah, right? I mean, we, we 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 get in there, and uh, the hard work. When starts, did you get in there? Uh, November second, uh, two thousand nineteen. I mean, that was yeah. basically yesterday because it's, it's still it was, March twenty twenty, it, it right? Feels like yesterday yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, we get the keys to the building, and we get in there, and we start gutting, and you know, working on our plan, get in there to design. We actually wanted to move into the building instead of just you know, like. Unfortunately, a lot of restaurants say so they'll flip the sign around, rewrite the right. venue, and people move right in. So right. Bef- before we talk about the the specifics and the labor and, and the work that was done, what was the goal behind Pineapple Inc.? Because every company Alan has talked about, he's had a goal, and it's been loftier than the specific company and what they do. So what, what was Pineapple Inc.? What was the goal of that? What did you guys want to create? Well, we wanted to create an environment that was unique to Augusta. Um, it's not necessarily unique to the rest of the country, you know. Uh, Augusta. In what way? Augusta is a, a very big, small city. Yeah. You know, uh, we we it's fair. Huge we population. You know, small downtown as compared to other cities with our type of population. Yeah. You know, and the expansion of like, you know, what's available to, you know, your citizen here in Augusta, and 
like Alan said earlier, we would go to different cities and we would go to these different restaurants and we'd explore different foods that we like and these different unique concepts. And then we would come home and like, yeah, we had lots of great restaurants here, but we didn't have that, that one thing that was like, we were looking for. So what we wanted to do, the, the main goal was to bring something to Augusta that was a little unique, a little different, you know, and just to share our experiences with people. Yeah, so we, we had to do a lot of research. So we would go out to like Charleston and Greenville and we'd go out and, and Lots. you know, yeah, do a lot of eating some good food, drinking Incredible some, research drink, opportunity. Drinking some good drinks. But we did it because, yeah, it was, <laughs> if it was you necessary. Ever, if you ever want to start another restaurant, I would love tough. to be a, a lab rat for that. <laughs> yeah, right. Research team? Yeah, research team. <laughs> yeah, my buddy and I actually looked into opening a bar when I graduated college. And so we went to Charleston and did about 48 consecutive hours of research. We learned a lot. Right on. Right on. Forgot it all, but yeah. learned a lot. We made a lot of notes to read in the morning. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so, the, so what is the, like, je ne sais quoi, though? Like, Brandon, you said there was something missing. What, did, what were you guys bringing that was missing? I mean, one of the things that we really liked was just, like, going to places like Charleston and Greenville and different, like, you know, hubs in Atlanta, mm-hmm. you just see those places that are, like, unique to that location. It's not mm-hmm. like a chain. It's, like, it's just, like, it has an identity of where it's at. It's so like we, an experience. Yeah, so we wanted to bring that to, to Pineapple Inc. Like, people should walk in there and kind of identify it with downtown Augusta, and that was part of the theme. The ink part of it is to artistry. So you walk in there, and there's art all over the place that's all done by local artists. Mm-hmm. We, like even We recently, love that. We love yes. that. Who, so, who did those art? Can we shout that out real quick? Yeah, who did absolutely. Those art? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they have uh, Jason Craig, you know, Wesley Love. and Colleen Stewart, Love. Yep. Uh, Rayleigh Warren. Um, Do not know yeah, me to R- me. Artsy Rose. Follow her on Instagram. She is awesome. She's 15 years old. I know. It's crazy. You look at her art, you would never believe it. She did the turtle. The sea turtle. And then we had Bridget Ball, Daniel James, and. Let's see who else, and then we had some uh, people from uh, Community Graphics, like uh, you know, uh, Jason Craig designed a walk uh, walk-in wrap for us, and then we had Community Graphics make gotcha. it for us. You know, what I'm saying so everything we everything was local. You know, we wanted every, all local artists. Uh, we actually have just artists hanging on the walls now in in framed form, but that's a lot of names. Um, <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, so if we forgot you, we're sorry, but yeah, thank sorry. you for... <laughs> Whoever you are, if we forgot you... We love your art. Your art is beautiful. It's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. and all of it is. You know, right. I mean, they did a great job, and um, everything just came together. You know, when we first got into the spot, uh, we had all these ideas, and I was, you know, I want to put this here, and I want to put that there. I want the back bar to be the triangle, and people mm-hmm. are looking at me like I'm crazy. And then when it all came together, everybody was like, oh, okay. Oh, that's you, what you meant. That's what we meant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And... It's just fun. I mean, we had a good time doing it, I think, you know. It was a lot of work, but Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, you know, we wanted to create like this place that was you almost felt cool just being in there, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like I'm cool cuz I'm in here, but at the same time still be approachable, mm-hmm. like that right. edgy but still approachable. So it's like, you know, you should feel comfortable walking in there with with your kids and, and such if you want to just go out for dinner. So, yeah. <clears throat> and I I think we I think we accomplished that. I hope so. You know? Yeah, yeah so uh we yeah, you, you know, up until that point, downtown Augusta, there, there really wasn't a whole lot of, of culinary scene back a few years. And then Sean White came and opened up Frog right. Hollow and Craft and Vine and amazing places. And we just wanted to continue building on top of that. And especially when you go to places like, like a Charleston or the little areas in Atlanta, you see that 
the restaurant tours there almost have like a fraternity amongst mm-hmm. them. Where oh, yeah. It's yeah. not it's not a doggy dog thing. It's more like, hey man, we can all eat because the better one place does, it drives traffic down there right. into downtown, and everybody benefits from it. So that's something that that we're going to be trying to do. Um, right now, it's hopefully it's stuff ramps up back and, up again after COVID. And that was something that we had Stephen Moore come on. He he's the owner of Indian Queen, um, and that was something that he said that he was surprised at. He moved to Augusta from Athens. He said, I'm going to open a bar, and everyone didn't try to destroy him. And he was like, oh, wow, this is different. This is nice, yeah. right? How, uh, how, how was the community? You mentioned Sean White. Brandon, you had worked with that company. How did that community work with you guys as you were opening, if, if they did? Everybody's been super inviting. Sean has been really helpful on our journey and stuff. I met with him a couple times. There, you know, Coco down there, Ken Law down there. Love Coco. Yeah. Yep. Ha, ha, Brad and have us three like everybody's yeah. just been super Love welcome. Them. What is the the Morrisons mm-hmm. down at uh, Metro and and Whiskey? So yep. yeah, we we touched base with everybody as we were opening and just kind of got advice on things. Like, hey, how did you handle this particular regulation? Because you know, as you're opening up a restaurant, <laughs> every every place is different, and everybody was always very forthcoming with us and told us how they did it. It was like there was just mm-hmm. an excitement to bring something uh, else down there as well and keep keep the growth and the revitalization going, man. Like, let's not stop the momentum. So. And one thing that is really cool about you guys is your menu. And one thing that is really unique about your menu, and this may be a branded question, is that the word duck, (laughs) followed by the word fat, duck fat, appears a lot of times. Yeah. What was the inspiration behind that menu? What were you bringing that Augusta needed with that menu? You know, I feel like I was just bringing something that people didn't know they wanted. Uh, I love and that. It's true. It, it I is. Love that. You know, you, you see lard and grease and whatever, bacon fat everywhere. As a positive thing. As a positive thing, of course. You know, I mean, it's food. But, uh, you know, the the duck has just always been my game of choice, yeah. I guess, to say. And, uh, you know, you have your duck fat as versatile. I can use the whole entire animal and do everything from bacon to confit and use bones to roast to make stocks and use the fat to cook in and you know, what a great medium and what a great introduction of flavor. You know, my whole shtick is to put as much flavor into one bite as possible. Right. You know, and so if that means your fat needs flavor, then why not it be duck fat? Right. You know? And another really cool thing about your restaurant is the hours that the kitchen's open. It's different than other restaurants. It yeah, doesn't, I kind of hate you guys because you kind of took my bar's idea, even though my bar doesn't exist. It, it, it doesn't. <laughs> Sorry. Cooking does not end at... 10 30 p.m right no um well right now with the covid regulations right, things right. are kind of in let's in... talk not covid let's talk okay. non... pineapple ink we'll we'll ask you about covid in right. a minute but Good. i'd rather learn like what was the ethos behind that decision yeah well i mean we wanted some good lunch spots downtown, you know as out of the ordinary by the and... way the uh macaroni the like vegetarian macaroni i got that once and i thought it was going to be like one healthy i was wrong uh the second thing (laughs) is that i was like oh this will taste like nothing and i was actually wrong about both things that was so delicious you guys have a different lunch menu than a dinner menu yeah well we did that for a while actually we've now combined into one 
you know, kind of streamlining things. That was unique when you guys first opened it, up. It was, you know, I mean, and it was, it, it's a lot of work to be honest with you I as bet. well. Yeah, but, it, but, it, but it's good because we combined them about it really yeah. eliminating anything. So yeah, we now you can go there at lunch okay. and get your knife and fork dish or your sandwich. And, 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 and that, vice versa. Yeah, and that, that kind of happened. You know, if people come in at dinner time, they're like, oh, I had this pastrami sandwich at lunch, but now it's not on the menu. And I really wanted to, gotcha. you know, let my friend here have some. And, you know, so, you know, we, we listen. And uh, we took in, you know, what people wanted and, you know, and kind of trying to give them what they want at the same time. But the menu at, what is it, after 10? Is that what it is? I think so. The after 10 menu. Yeah, the late night happy hour. Talk to yes. us about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like like I said, like again, event- COVID ev- aside. Event- eventually we're all going to be open until 2 a.m. in the morning, you know, right. and then you have that bar food. You go out late night, you know. Couple of great sandwiches on the menu, some good fried food, some good snacks to go along with your beers and stuff like that. You know, I mean, you could sit, drink, and eat at the same place until two o'clock in the morning. I mean, what's wrong with that, right? right. <laughs> that may be the that. introductory quote, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think one of the the really cool things was that when we opened up, our intent was to build a really, really kick butt bar. Yeah. And then have a good kitchen attached to it. Gotcha. Right. And what's what ended up happening was Brandon has done such a good job in the kitchen that people associate us as a restaurant first and a bar second. And I know somebody that you guys have had on the show pretty regularly, Zach McCabe. That's yeah. right. Um, yeah. Actually designed uh, the initial cocktail menu for right. us and still continues to take part in the restaurant and, and right. do updates and stuff. But uh but yeah, so even though we still have the really great bar, Brandon has just exceeded you know people's expectations with the food. So now we're kind of known as a restaurant. Oh, um, you are definitely. Yeah, a I like how you put that. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, we wanted we wanted to be a bar with a restaurant, but now we're right. a restaurant with a great cocktail bar. Yeah, but uh, when we first opened up, you know, our our luck was we were open up one week and then all the COVID restrictions right. literally hit. Um, but we were open till 2 a.m. and the, the restaurant was going to 1 a.m. I mean, it right. was yes, it was like which is could, unheard of. Yeah, it's like you you think past uh, 10 o'clock, the only place opened are bars or downtown or, uh, or knuckles, knuckles, knuckles or sandwich. Waffle House. Yeah, Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> or Wendy's. Don't forget about yeah. Wendy's. Uh, don't There's mention a... that name. <laughs> Blue cops. <Yeah. laughs> PayPal is PayPal is about to come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, we, we've kind of danced around this, but now we kind of understand you guys opening. We understand the business. We understand the background. You guys opened this business in, if I'm not mistaken, February. Is that right? Uh, very end of February, we did a wine din- uh, beer dinner, and then we opened up the first week of March. It's March first, 11th? So that's kind of like... Open, soft opening, first week of March, okay. full opening, second week of March. COVID hits. Closing third week Which, of March. Yes. David exactly. and I went to the soft opening. Yeah, and, we, and it was fun. We, uh, pretty, pretty sure we bought everything. I think we actually tried the whole menu, but I think I, we don't did. quote me on that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go food for like three days. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's good, man, because you look at that menu the first time and it's just different stuff than you're oh, used yeah. to seeing anywhere around here, which is what we wanted. We wanted right. that unique feel that it's like, all right, this. I'm only going to get this here. I'm only going to get that here. You right. know? Well, I don't take this the wrong way, but Do the, the food time. that you have in your restaurant reminds me of that random food truck that you'll find somewhere. Just the most outrageous things that they put together <laughs> to put on your put on your plate but like multiple of those food trucks like got together right. and, and we're like let's do this your thing. food is incredible <laughs> i i think i took my wife one day for lunch and i got a i want to say double deep fried correct me if i'm wrong 
chicken salad sandwich and oh, yeah. and it was oh it's double at least it yeah. was incredible <laughs> it looked it did not look like a sandwich <laughs> but it was incredible i mean it's just food you would not you know expect to see in the fmb uh in downtown augusta and brandon you've been all over the country so like what where was the influence for the food like i know there was an influence for the food it may be multiple though the the, the, the fair yeah, the fair. There you go. Um, no, the influence, uh, honestly, is I ran production for a lot of the food and wine festivals, okay. like I said. And, uh, you know, part of that was me giving out the chefs their mise en place and make sure they're on stage in time, make mm-hmm. sure they had everything they need and running refrigerator trucks and running production kitchens and stuff like that. And then at the end of the day, you have, you know, 15, 40 chefs, you know, depending on which festival, right. out doing their different shows. And they're not eating. Yeah, they're cooking all day, but they're right. not eating anything. And then they come back and they want something to eat. So, you know, my job was to, you know, make sure they had something when they got back to the tents and to the kitchens and whatever. And so the know, food that made it to Pineapple Inc. was the food that the chefs liked. Well, it's it's the it's the food that was like, you know, they're they're making one thing, but it's like, yeah, as a chef, it's really hard to decide on what you want to eat, right? Mm. You know, because I mean, probably everything just be sounds good, food. exactly. And then, but at the same time, we always wanted to be as creative as possible. Right. When you give these guys, like, for example, like the pig stromi sandwich, it's nothing but a Reuben, you right. know? But I mean, just the way it's just put together twist. and this, yeah. And, and then, like, you know, the, the proteins used and the That's way the we do things. That's the same with those fries, man. Those right? duck fat fries. Yeah. I mean, those you are. blew my mind. When those I are first fermented for three days before even they even get blanched, you know? I mean, like, it's, you know, there's processes. We do. You know, I think it's common food. I mean, I do sloppy joes. You know, mm-hmm. I've had recently was the pot roast sloppy joe. I did yep. the wild boar sloppy joe. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, I mean, we've had a bologna sandwich on the menu. You know, house made whiskey bologna. You know, yeah. I mean, but we take those twists and it's this common everyday food that you just don't think about anymore. But with you know, you grew up on it. You ate bologna sandwiches when you were a kid. You ate sloppy right. joes. You know, um, you might not have even eaten a Reuben, but you know, <laughs> but it's like in like the cheesesteak, you know, with the brisket and stuff like that. I mean, it's all common food, but it's just a different twist on it. And just give you something a little bit different on your palate. By the way, the ketchup is very underrated. Oh, the ketchup is so good. Holy crap. Holy crap. The ketchup is good. The ketchup Mm. is so good. (laughs) I don't even like, I usually am the kind of guy that we were not going to eat it. And we were brought ketchup to our table. Yeah, I I mix my mustard in my ketchup because it's too sweet, but I can't do that with yours. It's very good. Yours is so good. Please just go to Pineapple Link. If and you're just listening, just ask for a ketchup to go. So you can will I get not. some ketchup? <laughs> maybe, maybe some duck fat fries to go with it's it. Definitely some you duck don't fat need fries. It's definitely the most requested uh, condiment. Is yeah. the, 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 <laughs> the goji chung ketchup. There it is. That's it. So, That's it. But all this being said, these are not, and, and I could be wrong, these are not cheap foods to have, to stock, to make, to prep. I mean, you're not serving Heinz. You're not serving great value brand ketchup with you know a little sprinkle of this and a sprinkle of that you guys are like really about quality and i don't say that to give an advertisement for your company i say that to say you guys opened a week before covid and you are still open and you are still optimistic and i want to talk to you and i really want to know how has that happened how what mentality have you guys had to have and been able to have that has gotten you this far it's definitely been a grind, you know. Um, we've done a lot of lots of hours in there uh, solo with a very minimal crew, you know, mm-hmm. especially during the whole pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're still open regular yeah, hours. We are. We were. Yeah. And uh, as, but, as legally al- allowed as, by the ab- state. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, it's 
just been a lot of hard work and a lot of push and you know keep we want to stay true to ourselves you know we want to stay true to pineapple ink tavern we're not going to use your commodity meats we're not going to you know just give you something off of a shelf we make everything in house except for our bread you know, if I had a bakery back there, I'd make some bread. <laughs> I hey, just hey, love that throughout your whole career, the most consistent thing, no breadsticks. No I baking. didn't mess with the breadsticks. <laughs> yeah, I never do baked. the Olive Garden breadsticks. <laughs> no, no baking. We do <laughs> not make bread here. <laughs> he was he was actually pretty upset that we couldn't make our own bread. I yeah, mean, he, wa- he wanted to do everything. <laughs> I needed from, a bigger kitchen. Okay. And, you know, like, I love food, but I, I definitely don't know as much... Uh, from the cooking side, as Brandon does, I, I consider myself a pretty good amateur chef. But I'm sure most people yeah. don't know as much. When, as when he's talking about making it, we're going to make our own bologna in house. I'm like, <laughs> like what the heck is even in bologna? <laughs> you don't want to know. I think it's yeah. really like, just why? whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it looks pink. Yeah. <laughs> but man, he did it. It tastes it tastes great. He's he's in there making his own pigstrami. He's curing duck bacon. It's uh, if you go there on a Tuesday, which is prep day, I mean it's closed, so you can't get in there. But if you were to go in there and walk into the back of the kitchen, it is unbelievable all the moving parts that are going on just to get ready for the next five days wow. that we're open. Yeah. We'll be back with some wrapping up and of course the drop the disc question presented by Tranner Gray. But first, you know, guys, 2020 has been a crazy year and we all know that. Uh, But what hasn't been crazy is the beer at Savannah River Brewery. They have continued to be producing new, fantastic beer for all of us to try. And that is why we are so proud to be having them as our beer sponsor for 2020 and the following year, 2021. Super excited. If y'all need a beer to try if y'all want to go to a tap room to enjoy some good social distant fun check them out they've also got a new year's eve event tickets are still for sale it is a event for comedy and laughter the event is called laughs and drafts and there is going to be a guest tap in the tap room from the back paddle brewing including the head chef from back paddle brewing Kyle McLeod will be preparing an amazing three-course dinner plus hors d'oeuvres. Guys, this is an opportunity for y'all to get involved in the community, do something fun, and go out with 2020 with a bang. So now we've come to this. We have examined the crossing of our paths. We have talked about the restaurant itself. We've talked about how we've made it through COVID, which before we go any further, I would love to give you guys some props really quickly just to say like, it's incredible that not only are you, I, I say the worst, and I don't mean the worst, but the worst possible industry to to start in March, but you also decided that you weren't going to cut costs in a, in a way that impacted quality. And, and so I think it's really, really crazy that you guys are still open. But I think that the fact that you are kind of lets you look at yourself and say, hey, this is, there is a massive future here. And I want to talk to you guys both about that. And obviously, both of you have different perspectives, different parts of the business that really you attend to. So I'm going to start with you, Brandon. And I'm going to say, what is the future of Pineapple Inc.? And I won't make you say anything that you're not allowed to say, but of the food empire of the Nia Capital. So the future of Pineapple Inc. is uh, hopefully it is to keep growing as as it is um how do you, you know, define that well i mean 
that's not really one of those places I don't, you know, maybe down the road we might want to open another one somewhere else or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's it's one of those places, like Alan talked about before, it's unique to this spot. Right. You know, you're not going to open another Pineapple Lincoln. If there was another one, it would be different. It would be different. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but from, uh, you know, from this point on, I mean, like from the food from uh, Vanilla, is we want to keep it going. We, I mean, Alan wants more restaurants. I would love to be a part of more restaurants and have many more fun ideas to, to bring to the table and some ideas that are, you know, they're just as fun, but maybe maybe a bit, bit more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like a little bit more common, like more, gotcha. more, more people right. are used to. More expected. More expected, you yeah. know, but we have some other things in the, in the mix, you know, hopefully for down the road. Brandon, if you could force Alan to just spend the money and open one restaurant that did one particular thing that isn't Pineapple Inc., because obviously you would say Pineapple Inc., what would you want him to do? And, and let's not make this personal. What would you want that investor to do? What would you think that that perfect restaurant would be for you that you would love to see him be in? And for Augusta. He's I mean, trying to decide whether to tell the truth or no, not. No, no, right no. I, 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 I absolutely want to tell the truth. Uh, it's just like, it's a, it's, a, it's a big thing. You know, I mean, like there's, but hypothetically, man. Hypothetically. Yeah, totally the, hypothetical. The perfect restaurant for a good Hypothetically, stuff. you may look out your window one day at our building and yeah, see it. Yeah, you might <laughs> see you guys. Hypothetically, <laughs> it might be across the street from y'all. I love but you guys, But besides that, you know what would be really cool would be like, you know, do a food court and have like rotating restaurants throughout the food court. Like, you know, treat it as like a, almost like a food truck rodeo. Like local businesses. Yeah, and then have like some local guys, you know, saying mm-hmm. you wanted to open bar, you wanted to open a restaurant. I do. Y'all come in and rent the spot for a little while and pop up. That, that would be fun. Like a, like, like a pop-up kind of thing. That would be really fun to and do. And by you the know way, that's I mean? like, like a reinvention on the restaurant industry. Yeah, no, absolutely. It would be, it would be, it would be fun. You know, it would be, you know, give a lot of people creative freedoms and give Alan, people I that see feel why like, you like working with this guy. But yeah. everybody that wants <laughs> to open their own restaurant, that they can give them that feel and they may be like, okay, I want to do this or, right. or they is this be, really possible is this based on this? what I can do? Because right. it's, I mean, everybody thinks they can, you know, stand there and stir a, stir a pot and cook for 20 people, but you try cooking for 20 people every five minutes. Right. You know, it's a whole yeah. different story, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, there's ideal restaurants. It's a, uh, <laughs> we, we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of cool <laughs> concepts. It seems like there has been a conversation that we are not allowed to know about as of yet. And I would, all I ask is that when it comes time to talk about it, Come back on our show and tell us whatever this inside joke is. I would like that to we're not seeing. I would right like now. to say that I love the location that y'all are developing. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure there's others that you have not talked about yet, and that's fair. <laughs> but I do like the locations that y'all are developing because it's in areas that people don't walk to. It's usually the in between between the arts, either going to Imperial yeah. Miller, and then they get back in their car and they drive to the F&B row, you know, where everything is and park. And I like how y'all are bridging that gap. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we want you to be able to come down. Our dream is you start like on 13th Street and you can walk all the way down to like, Fifth Street, you know, like, Luigi's, right. the Sports Center, all that back. And like one of and your it, restaurants yeah. is on each block. <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> on the second story or third story right. or right. fourth story. I'm sorry. All right, I'm not that much of an ego media. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, like we said, like you know, we very much want that that Charleston, Atlanta, Greenville sort of vibe, right. where it's just like the choices are are endless. Because the more that's down here, the more people will come down here right. and. 
the days of, of coming downtown and going to one restaurant and going back home, I, I don't think those days exist, especially... If anything, like, they're numbered. Yeah, especially for, like, millennials and stuff like that. It's like, man, we want to, like, bar hop, restaurant hop. Like, exactly. my favorite thing is, like, I'm going to go here, have an appetizer drink here. I'm going to go here, have a main course to drink there. You know, I'm... Dessert. I'm, I'm going Dessert three or later. Four, I'm hitting three or four spots yeah, when right. I go out. So, I mean, the more we have down here, the, the better everybody's going to do. So we really are, you know, take pride in helping to start bridging that gap. So, Alan, I know you're not going to give me a straight answer, but I'm going to ask you the question. I, I mean, I promise that we'll, <laughs> what, bef- before we announce it to anybody else, I promise we'll come down here I'm and okay announce it on we'll your show. I'm so yeah. happy to hear that. Just, from you. just for our listeners to know that there are things happening. Absolutely. So there is the development. There is We're not going to talk about it. It's not a great time for development right now anyways. But yeah, we when want... you come back on, everybody can expect an, inc- an incredible announcement. Absolutely. Mm. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I like that. I'm okay with that. Chris, are you ready to? Uh, are we ready to tie the knot? Take us home. Sure. See uh, that home we, run. Who, who's going to answer it first? Uh, let's do Alan because I've been starting with Brandon. Okay, cool. So we're dropped the disc podcast. That's right. And there's one question that we've always asked our guests, and that's the drop the disc question that's presented by Tranner Gray. Creative, effective, and quality. That's the mission statement for Trainer Gray. Drop the disc question for this episode is sponsored by Trainer Gray. They're a local business based out of Evans, Georgia, and they are a multi-Emmy award-winning agency. They do commercials, they do web development, photography, they even do portfolio photos. If you are interested in getting more information about Trainer Gray, check them out at their website, trainergray.com. You know, we've heard that nasty word, disgusta. And I think that's in the wind now. But we're going to still have y'all tell us why we're going to drop the diss. Um, if someone were to walk up to you, Alan, and talk negatively about the city, what would your response be to them? Well, first, I think I have kind of a unique point of view because I wasn't yeah. born here. Like, I chose to come here because I saw the opportunity here, like the downtown revitalization and, and, and even surrounding areas around Augusta. It's just there's so much... Here to do. I mean, there's Pineapple Wink Tavern downtown. So, uh, you know, <laughs> what else do you need? Why, why would you That's not? It. Yeah, but there's, there's just a lot of opportunity. Both, you know, I have a three year old son. Um, it's a great place. What's his to, name? To Can we shout him out real yeah, quick? Absolutely. Cristiano. What's up, Cristiano? Yeah, what I you, hope he listens. What are you still doing up? Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's a great place to raise a family. It's a great place to work. It's a great place to open a new business, yeah. uh, make friends. So, I, I mean, and, and downtown, the stuff that's going on is just amazing right yeah. now. Even even uh, in spite of a pandemic going on, downtown has not stopped mm-hmm. moving mm-hmm. forward. And that's uh, that's got to be really encouraging right. when you see that. And, that's Alan, amazing. I, I want to I do a, a, little, a little addition to that. You've talked about how important being involved in your community is. If somebody isn't involved or if they're new to the city like you once were, what would you recommend to that person to do in order to get involved or plugged into the city? I mean, go to your local service organizations. I mean, there's lots of them um, in Augusta. You've got your exchange club, your rotary clubs, you know, your lions clubs. Uh, start there. Those are usually, there's usually a lot of like business people in those organizations. So, you know, you asked me about being an entrepreneur. Right. That's, that's one of the best places you could go because a lot of the people that end up joining those organizations are entrepreneurs or solo business owner so that's a great place to network thank you and, and just to give back yeah so. right thank you 
And, and Brandon, I'll ask you the same question. If someone were to walk up to you, you're a native to the city, North Augusta. Uh, kind well, of. North Augusta, 100%. <laughs> South Carolina. Uh, <laughs> Represent. Uh, yep, Represent. there you go. The uh, yellow, yellow jackets. jackets. I got it. There you go. <laughs> if someone were to talk negatively about this city, what would your response be to them? My response? Uh, you know, as in a response, I would just, you know, kind of look at them and, you know, it's, you don't know the city. Yeah, Augusta's a great place. I've always loved it here. Um, when I'm not at my restaurant, you know, I'm on a kayak in a river or a pond with a fishing pole in my hand half the time. Uh, you know, I'm more. Where do di- you catch fish? I've never been able to catch any fish. Oh man, everywhere around here, any body of water we have around here, maybe that puddle over there. I'm gonna shadow both uh, of you guys after this. <laughs> we know where the fish comes for from. For different right? reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, Augusta to me is, you know, I, I would look at them and you know just tell them that they just don't they don't see it like you should see it. You know, there's so much here. You know, everything from your canal walks to your river walk, you know, um, to your bar scenes downtown, your restaurants. Uh, I, mean, I should say more than just downtown. You have a greater Augusta area as well, yeah. Yeah. you know. Um, and it's just, it's just a growing community, and there's so many things. There's hidden gems throughout Augusta, yeah. you know, and you just got to open your eyes and look and, you know, be aware of your surroundings and know where you are, know the history of the place a little bit, you know. And I will say, I I sneak this North Augusta, but I didn't mean it. North Augusta is growing the same way, and and it's really great to watch that, too. No, absolutely. 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 Well, go ahead. Can we do something real quick? Yes. Maybe maybe you have to cut it out, but let's let's do it, and then we can kind of give you the thumbs up tomorrow. I just dropped a marker. Go ahead. With the collab that we're doing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you you know, we've been talking about one of the things we really want to do is to create that fraternity and really help uh, support neighboring businesses and stuff. Right. So we're doing this uh, collab downtown series that starts on January 12th. And this particular dinner is going to be a wine dinner, and it's going to feature Le Chat Noir doing entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's going to feature uh, a Mark from the Taste Wine Room that's going to be opening up on 9th and Broad. Heck yeah. He's, he's going to be we doing... We need one of those yeah. so badly. He's yes. going to be doing all the psalm and the wine pairings. It's yes. going to feature Pineapple Inc. Obviously, Brandon will be back there doing the food. And the, so it'll the, be uh, at Pineapple Inc. It will be at okay. Pineapple Inc. And then we've got Vance's doing the dessert. Love that. dinner. So you yes. got four different downtown uh, venues coming together to do one, one dinner here. Yeah, it's time to bring everybody together. Yeah, so, you know? so you and wanna, if people if you, want to find out more about that, what do they do? They could go to any of our social media, Pineapple and Tavern, or go to Les Chat Noir, and, and look us up how to get involved in that and come buy tickets and, and come have a great time. It's going to be more than worthwhile, and it makes a good Christmas present as well. Okay. Oh, I like that. And you've said yeah. the magic words because Chris is actually Lachat's number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> Love. Hey, Chris Bailey, he's, he's a great guy. Right. Guest of the show, former guest. Yes. Well, thank you both of you guys for being here. Thank you. Um, because you are both innovators and you're both builders, I'm going to say, is there anything else before we leave that you guys want to end on? Anything we missed. Right. Anything you missed. I think anything on that collab dinner is really cool. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Um, Let's do this real quick. Let's shout out the Vanilla Capital team because we have a couple really good friends on that. And then let's let's, uh, take us out from here. Can we do that real quick? Shout out to the Vanilla Capital team. We got Ashley, Dan, Will, Olivia, Billy, and Mindy. There we go. Excellent. 
thank you guys both for coming on. We got Alan Soto. We got Brandon Smith. We got two business builders in the city of Augusta. Thank you guys for coming on. And we're looking forward to having you back on when you announce whatever you will announce in the future. For sure. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Stick around because Around Augusta starts right now. Hey, guys, this is Chris with Around Augusta. This is an opportunity for you to hear about things that I have found around town that are pretty cool happening, coming to the city rumors stomping on the rumors somehow creating content for this awesome segment called around augusta and again i apologize for not coming last week i was very upset with the uh what happened to the uh florida gators and i've moved on because we are playing in the sec championship who knows what will happen i have my uh own opinion and i will keep it to myself since it is only saturday it's only right to point out that we now know that Florida did not win that game. Anyways, moving on. You know, guys, I've got two things um, to talk about today. And uh, before I go on, if you are on Facebook and if you have not followed the group called Whole Augusta, that's W-H-O-L-E and then space Augusta, they kind of tell you what's going on. And uh, really, before we were doing a podcast, that was my inspiration to really get things out to y'all about it. So, you know, they on December 10th, they made a post uh, about the economy and Augusta ranks second in the South Carolina for tech growth since 2000. Right now, it's Charleston with 15.5% increase, Augusta 14.9, Myrtle Beach 10.1, Columbia 9.8, and Greenville 1.9% increase of growth. Um, that's including employment, um, in the Aiken and Augusta area. So guys, that's incredible news. Um, second on the docket and last, and I want to do a shout out to one of our fans, listeners, Alex Griffin, working for Blanchard and Calhoun. He reached out to me actually this morning and asked if I could talk about it. And I agree. Hey, if y'all have anything you want me to say or talk about anything, you know, please tell me you would make my life easier. Okay. So we've got Hillside Lofts, okay? It's going to be it's our, their new apartments. It's under construction right now on Heckle Street. That's almost in the um, midtown area of Augusta, Georgia. And they'll start allowing move-ins around January 15th. If you want more information to see these upscale apartments, go to the website www.hillsidelofts.com. Com. That's www.hillsidelofts.com. And guys, that's it for Around Augusta. Check me out next week. Around Augusta with Chris. <laughs>